Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Cis Empowerment Radio. Thank you for joining us. We've been on hiatus for a minute doing some inner work, and so we're glad to be here tonight to talk about retreat, a necessary self-journey. I'm Raisa. Sky will be joining us shortly, and we want to talk about retreat because it's something that people don't really feel that they need, and it's something that everyone needs to take the time for self to do. Retreat is a time out from the daily demands of life and from our habits and our patterns that keep us bound in chaos or in our heads in constant thought. Without retreat, we often end up getting buried by the routine of life, and it makes it kind of hard to deal with our relationship with the divine or our higher self. So we need to be careful that those of us who are on the spiritual journey don't make the path, the spiritual path, a rut, the same type of rut that people deal with in daily life. So we'll start out today with a definition of retreat in case you have any question about the necessity of using time and space to retreat from our busy lives. Retreat means to withdraw from enemy forces as a result of their superior power, or as a noun, it means an act of going back or away, especially from something dangerous, difficult, or disagreeable. And the lives that we lead are full of distraction and enemy forces. And this is as a result of the media that's being pushed at us, the constant marketing that says that we're not enough, we need to buy this, more of this, less of that. And the work lives that many of us have where we're spending our creative energy focusing on doing something for someone else instead of for our unique self. And also in this electronic world that we're living in, we've got a lot of electronic waves coming at us that disrupt our natural body vibration. And so we need to retreat. And retreat is a gift. One that we, as I said earlier, don't feel like we have the time for, or maybe we think that we don't deserve it or that we can't afford it or that if we leave, other people can't function without us. Yet retreating is one of the most productive, life-enhancing things that we can do, and those benefits ripple throughout not just our lives, but the lives of those who are around us, whether it's at work or at home with family. And our guest tonight is the founder of a women's retreat. Her name is Satya, Satya, rather, and Satya means truth. She has fashioned an enriching retreat and a location called Women of Color Healing Retreats in Costa Rica, where she brings women together for healing and community building. Today, uh, Satya is with us, Satya is with us to talk about both entrepreneurship and healing. Satya, welcome to Sis Empowerment Radio. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So let's start off with a little background about you. Would you tell us more about what got you into doing these 
retreat, Satya, and also how you turn this into your life's work. Yeah, um, I left the United States about four or five years ago uh, because I was, you know, working at a job that I was really unhappy about. I was in a place in my life where I needed a change and all of these things aligned for me to leave the United States. So I left the United States and I came to Costa Rica and I started volunteering at a butterfly garden and just volunteering at the butterfly garden allowed me to unpack what anti-blackness was um, even more in depth. And I started going more into my meditation practice and using nature as a way to basically practice self-care and heal myself through holistic healing. And I realized that these practices really did work, Eastern practices, So I wanted to share that with our community, the black community. So I decided to create a retreat specifically dedicated to black women that could learn to practice self-care and heal through the practice of yoga, meditation, plant-based living, and just holistic healing because we're often taught the way that we practice self-care should always be a Western way. So I wanted to introduce Eastern tools to us. And so you said you were at the Butterfly Garden where you had this epiphany Um, what exactly about that garden made you realize that something wasn't right, basically, about the culture that you were living in or grew up in? Mm -hmm. Well, I came from New York City. I was born and raised in New York City. So being in a garden setting and just being in nature, there was nothing to distract me. There was nothing to – I didn't have to see police brutality every five minutes. There were so many different things. I was away from, and it allowed me to just focus on nature and focus on myself. And I am all about blackness. So that's exactly where I went to, was just unpacking blackness and understanding, you know, why there weren't any black people really in Costa Rica, why we don't travel, things like that. And it just allowed me to really go into global anti-blackness and systemic racism from just sitting in nature. So do you feel that like you are inspired to do this? Is it something that is your life's mission? Yeah, definitely. My I am completely all about black communities. I identify as a black nationalist. So everything that I do is completely for black people. Um and I was definitely born I was definitely born to serve our community. So I think that it just so happens that I'm a yogi, I'm into meditation, and I combined it, my belief system, with my passion, and then, you know, birth the retreat. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about how you started the business side of it before we get deep into retreat. Because a lot of times people mm-hmm. think that spirituality and the business and being profitable don't necessarily go together. And so mm-hmm. how have you been able to make that work? And what would you suggest for other women, black women, or, mm-hmm. or other women mm-hmm. who want to follow their mm-hmm. passion and just take what, what they love to do and make a living from it? I think that if you have a passion and it, it's for the better good, I think that you should go through with it. I think that we've been conditioned to not follow our dreams, to think that it wouldn't come true. So it's just important for us to, you know, follow our dreams, follow our aspirations, and go through with things. I think that what stops black people from starting businesses or from 
succeeding in business is the discipline. Black people have the creativity. We have the talent. We have the smarts. We have everything. We've created everything, but we really do lack discipline. So I think that's the biggest thing is making sure that you're disciplined in anything that you do because the only way to see results is through discipline. But as far as uh, profit goes, systemic racism really plays a part in the finances of black people. And no matter how much you want to, you know, play to it, we're always going to be affected by it because we, you know, the country, the world was built on our blood. So we're always affected by it. But I think that it's necessary for people to be paid for whatever service they provide. It's an energy exchange, but it's also black women deserve to be paid for their hard work, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all do. And, and as you said, it's an energy exchange. And so when you don't get that energy back, then you, begin to be depleted and whether that's financially, spiritually, emotionally, you have to have that reciprocity so that the cycle keeps going and it's a give and receive. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So how do you, you approach that? Do you, um, you know, I know profit is not the motive, but you know, you do have to take care of your well-being. Go ahead. Well, with the retreats, we basically, you know, my whole entire team is paid. I only work with people of color or black people globally, whether they're from the United States or they're from any country or here in Costa Rica. I only hire POC because we're just not usually first pick. So I'm making my duty to hire us. I'm making my duty to pay us. Um, And then I also use my personal funding to create the free kids program. For me, I think that it's important to circulate the black dollar within our own community. So what we get, we always put back in. And, of Mm -hmm. course, I think black people also have this mentality that money is evil and don't make money, but we need money to build schools, to build systems, to build nations. You're going to need the finances. So we have to get out of this mentality where we feel comfy about poverty because that's what we've always lived in and the understanding that money is something that we need to build our communities. It's true, and money is something that you need to often have the better quality foods. I mean, it's just as basic as the building right. block of putting good food exactly. and water in your body. Mm-hmm. Okay, so exactly. let's get into the benefits of retreat. So we know that there are multiple mm-hmm. benefits. And what do you see as the key factors and and what do you hope that people get out of a retreat? I think that in a retreat, what you get is uh, you get to be away from all the things that are not serving you, and you get to be by yourself. Most people can't sit by themselves. So this gives you an opportunity. Retreats in general give you an opportunity to be by yourself, to hear yourself, to be away from any outside distractions. It also depends on what kind of retreat you go to. Um, But a good retreat, right, yeah, so a good retreat should get you away from all of those distractions and make sure that you're focused on your entire self for those amount of days or however a month, however long the retreat is. I think that's one of the largest benefits is that you unplug from everything that's not serving you and you just focus on yourself. Yeah, and and I think as well that it's rewarding on so many different levels and as you as you said, if it is a good retreat, you will emerge from it as having a life changing experience that mm-hmm. gives you that me time and the ability to connect with your authentic self, which you don't really have in um, 
an everyday environment because there is so much noise and distraction from other things that are going on. And uh, mm-hmm. I did attend a Vipassana retreat here in Georgia, and one oh, okay. of the things that I got out of that that was so empowering, because retreat is something that you can take with you, right, the, the results of the retreat, was the mm-hmm. uh, what's called no more sankara, meaning that you actually take the time to stop and stop building up negative karma and adding mm-hmm. the, the um, energy on top of the energy that's already there, that you get to deal with what you have within you and it's allowed to come up instead of piling more on, instead of burying it down inside of you. And so that was a practice that I learned that I could take with me to, you know, when I'm in a situation and say, okay, I'm not going to add to this. And part of just doing that is um, being the observer instead of mm-hmm. giving everything a meaning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. It really is. And I, and I see Sky has joined us as well. Welcome, Sky. Okay. Good evening. Good evening. Hi. Hi. Thank you for being with us this evening. I'm really enjoying the discussion so far. Thank you for having me. So some other benefits, I think, you know, from my observation as well, it's a different kind of deeper relaxation that allows you to feel more balanced. What would you say? Which I'm sorry, can you repeat that? It's a, deep, a deeper, more relaxed type of relaxation than you would get, well, oh. let's say, when you, you go on vacation. Yeah, you do, because you're in a set environment. If it's a good retreat, you're in a set environment. There's going to be things that um, you that would be restricted. For example, in our retreat, you're not allowed to drink at all. There's no, it's a vegan retreat, so there's no animal byproducts on the property. So people, you know, a lot of people are terrified of veganism because they don't understand the benefits of it or they don't understand how detrimental meat and dairy can be for black people. So, but a lot of black people want to explore veganism, and of course, we all want to live as healthy as we can. So, we created where we you come into this retreat and it's all vegan, and we have this environment where you only would get plant based food. So, you are detoxing your body the entire week and cleansing from all the things that you've been eating that hasn't really been serving you. And it's pretty amazing because by the end of the retreat, the women really feel really, really good from the um, the diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the diet and the sacred space as as well. Mhm. Yeah. And do you um, have stories or reflected back to you incidences where people have been able to recover from illnesses as a result? Yes, we've actually had a few people um, that said that, you know, they have issues sleeping, things with mental health, so many different issues. And they told us throughout the retreat and coming from the retreat that they didn't experience those things. And I think that a big part of why you don't experience that is because you're outside of the United States. I believe that you can't, you, you can't really heal in an environment that made you sick. And, there's some, you know, within wellness, you have to look at the politics of wellness and we aren't taught how to really heal holistically. So to be in this space that's all black women that's giving you authentic wellness 
it's going to help you, you know, get tools to take care of yourself. Okay. So, you know, I've touched a little bit on the difference between a typical vacation, especially an American vacation, um, and retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some key factors that you, you would say you, you would get out of retreat versus a vacation? Well, we I don't, for our don't retreat, have specifically for our retreat, mm-hmm. say that again, I'm sorry. I was just saying, you know, most of us don't have a lot of time off. And so we need to use that time wisely so that it helps us mm-hmm. relax, build, and grow versus another distraction. Right. I think that if you're going on a retreat, I really recommend people go by themselves. A lot of people, they like to bring a friend, but I think that when you bring a friend, you kind of, you're not immersed in yourself because you're worried about your friend. So I think that's number one, go on a retreat by yourself, take a risk and travel by yourself. Um, Also, you know, when you go, make sure you put on vacation responders, letting people know, like, I am about to take three days or a week just to focus on myself. Um, make sure that you follow what's happening in a retreat. You know, don't go to the retreat with your old ideas and thoughts. Be open to what that space is having. And I know for our retreat, we are definitely all about nature. We're nature people. We love nature. So just being open to this idea of being outside of your comfort zone is a big thing as well. Mm-hmm. So why Costa Rica? Costa Rica was an accident. I was initially going to, not an accident, it was a random choice. I was going to go to Mexico, and I have one friend that was living in the city here, and my friend said, you should just come to Costa Rica, and then I just went back and forth on it, and I decided to come here. But it ended up being one of the best decisions that I've ever made in my entire life. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful country. Um, There are black people here on the Caribbean side of the country, um, but unfortunately the country is, full of Europeans and North, white and North Americans, and we're not really here, unfortunately, because it's just colonized. But for the nature, for the peace, for the paradise, it's a beautiful country. But it, you, you can long for wanting to see your people. Uh, and I heard, too, that there, Costa Rica doesn't even have a military force. Yeah, there's no military force. Um, there's very low crime. It's a very, very, very peaceful country, but there is a lot of systemic racism that's here. Yeah, as far as um, lighter-skinned people versus darker-skinned people, or is it based on economics? No, not colorism. As far as colorism, no, um, with light skin versus dark skin. I mean, colorism, I'm sure it's everywhere, but here it's just like, It's just like any other country. It's just like the United States. You have the Costa Rican people that are white Costa Rican. Then you have the black people. Um, You know, the white Costa Rican people get hired. They get first picked. The black people that are of Costa Rica don't get that, and so the black people suffer. So it's just like seeing um, anti-blackness anywhere you would go. You know, the setup in most of these countries are like the United States. It's just a little bit more different. And unless you can see the politics, you won't know that it's going on. Okay. So let's get back to the point about vacation versus retreat. I know mm-hmm. some vacations I've gone on, I've come back um, even more tired. So there's a reason for the saying, I need to take a vacation from my vacation. And mm-hmm. I, I saw that research showed that 
The benefits of time off can wane within a week or two of returning to work. And there was a study that was done of 1,500 vacationers and non-vacationers that suggested that those who went on vacation were not even any happier than those who had not gone in, on vacation at all. And I, I was seeing some evidence that when you go on a retreat, the, the effect is longer lasting, and people typically say that it has had some major impact on their lives. Have you experienced yeah, retreats that? Yeah, retreats definitely yeah, I definitely agree with that. Retreats can definitely do it. Um, retreats are a luxury. You know, it's a privilege to be able to go on a retreat. But I think that it's necessary because it heals people and it actually allows people to focus on their wellness. And our health is so, so important. So I think that uh, retreats definitely, definitely can do that. And it can give you a kind of peace that you won't get in other places because you're outside of your comfort zone. You're with a bunch of strangers. You're able to just be free and be yourself. Uh, if it's a good retreat, they're providing you top-quality wellness as far as the food, the kind of yoga you're going to do. So retreats are really great to, you know, take a break and just to, like, unwind and unpack things that may have been deep inside within that you want to bring up and, figure, and you know, figure out. Well, people are unpacking. What kind of training do you need to be able to host a retreat so that you can deal with anything? I won't say anything, but the normal things mm -hmm. that would come up. <laughs> I think it depends on what kind of retreat each person makes. Um, mm -hmm. Some people, they do retreats for women that have been in domestic violent relationships. Some people do. It's all kind of trauma. My retreat is focused on wellness. So for us, we're all about incorporating how to implement healthier uh, eating habits in your everyday life. We are, I'm a yogi, so everything is about yoga in a retreat. It's basically all about yoga because yoga is such an intelligent tool for black women to heal themselves. When you practice yoga, you're automatically practicing with your, um, you're automatically working with your nervous system. And so when you work with your nervous system, you're going to heal whether you want to or not. So yoga, you know, a lot of people think that yoga is just a spiritual tool or they think it's just a fitness tool, but it's really, really one thing. It's about fitness. It's about your mind, body, and spirit. And, like, yoga literally means the connection of mind, body, and spirit. So we're very big on implementing yoga in every single thing that we do. And our biggest mission is to basically get black people to practice yoga because of how healing it is. Yeah, I, I do practice yoga. I understand from working in corporate America and dealing with a lot of stress, I, I have to actually say it did, that there was a point where yoga saved my life, at least my mental health. Mm -hmm. I know it did. <laughs> <laughs> I know it did. And this is what I try to tell people all the time. I'm like, yoga will definitely save your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and peace and calm allows our bodies to go through just the really essential process of restoration. And when our peace and calm neural connections are made stronger by um, just being in an environment that's peaceful and calm and an energy that you're receiving that's peaceful and calm, then it becomes easier for us to continue to have that experience in, in our lives when we return back to the so-called real world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good for that. Mm -hmm. 
Well, can you walk us through what a typical experience at your retreat might look like? And then I would like if you could share an example of an exercise that you use during the retreat. Yeah, our retreats, we have daily yoga, meditation. We have a lot of women's circles. We do a lot of inner circles. Um, our workshops are, so the retreat is about politics and spirituality. So we have workshops like colorism, workshops on race, politics, and gender. And it just is something to allow black women to start thinking about oppression because so many black women are, you know, they're hard on themselves for many different reasons, not understanding that there's a system in place on why we aren't able to obtain certain things. So by allowing them to have these workshops and unpack this stuff, it allows black women to have more compassion for themselves and for their community. Mm -hmm. And then you talk about community, do a lot of work in community. Can you tell us about your um, work in healing from systemic race? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, As far as which part? You 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 tell this you tell us. <laughs> you said healing from systemic racism. So what we do yes. as far as that, that's what we do with the retreat and the kids, the free kids program that we have. We basically are using yoga and meditation to find balance in systemic racism because realistically, um, racism and systemic racism is something that has been happening past 400 years. And so we understand that, and so we point out the problem, but we find a solution with it, which is through yoga and meditation. Those things help you to be able to balance it in your everyday life because no matter what, you're going to deal with the fact that all of your bosses are white. Um, Things like that are going to come up. So you need to have a tool so that you can balance that and you can actually navigate the world in peace. And yoga allows that. I see some stats on your website. It says 96.1% of the 1.2 million households in the top 1% by income are white. America's Mm -hmm. 100 richest people control more wealth than the entire population. And the five largest white landowners own more land than all the people of color combined. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the average black family would need 228 years to build the wealth of a white family today. That's pretty Mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's what I mean. I don't like to talk about everyday. I mean, if people want to speak on it, we can speak on it. But my thing is like, I'm not interested in everyday blatant racism. I'm interested more in systemic racism. The numbers and the stats of what's happening to black people is very, very vital. And a lot of people, you know, I guess sometimes we want to pretend it doesn't exist or don't feel comfy about speaking up about racism, but how are we going to make any changes in our community if we don't speak up about these things, especially in wellness? Mm-hmm. I understood. Totally agree. What makes your format different from that of, um, let's say, another yoga retreat? We focus on politics, race, gender, and politics. We focus on um, what's really happening in the world. A lot of people just think that, you know, wellness is something cookie cutter and there's no politics around it. But when we look at the food system, it's horrible. You know, black people are given the bottom of the barrel because of systemic racism. So we unpack why there's certain, you know, stores in certain communities. 
why, you know, for example, people in the United States, if you're on, I think it's food stamps, they're starting to provide shelf food instead of fresh food, and that's basically giving black people poison. So we unpack things like that because some people don't understand how detrimental things can be until you put the politics in it and you let them know these are the stats, this is something that's really happening. These aren't opinions or feelings. This is what's really happening to black communities. So we go into things like that in our retreat, and I am all about black politics and black liberation, so that's something that's always going to be part of the retreat, and I think that's what makes it a big thing. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Satya, have you found that um, after your retreat um, or the act of uh, attending and participating in one of your retreats has long-lasting effects on uh, your attendees. Um, how do you engage with them afterwards, or do, do they take the, initi- the initial step to engage? Um, I know I've participated in, you know, we all have participated in different types of retreats, and mm-hmm. um, I know most recently, a couple of years ago, we had a smaller retreat um, in St. Mary's County in, in Maryland. And, you know, we formed a group after that, and we kind of kept in mm-hmm. touch with each other via Facebook and um, other events that we'll connect with. But what do you find works best, or how do you um, analyze the effect or continuous effect uh, attending one of your retreats has had on your attendees? Well, for us, we actually keep in contact with them. If you go on our Instagram page, all of the a lot of the participants that have participated, you can see them, click them, tag them. And then we have, this summer we were going to have a brunch in New York City for our past October and November participants. And we keep in contact with the participants through message or email, through things like that. But a lot of the participants, sometimes they connect with themselves um, and each other. But for me personally, we have so many retreats throughout the year, so I'm unable to keep up with every single person that comes. And I see that you are working to explore the yamas and the niyamas. Could you tell us more about that and the different types of yoga that you practice and and the and the different aspects and benefits that they bring to the body? Mm-hmm. So the Yamas and Niyamas is a workshop that I've created, and it basically goes into depth about what the spiritual guides of yoga are because, like I said, so many people think that yoga is just fitness and there's nothing else to it, but there's an entire system in place spiritually for yoga. So the yamas just help people understand what exactly is happening on the mat, off the mat, and just how to implement a better peaceful and more spiritual life in their everyday life. Um, and so in that workshop, we just unpack, but we also we intertwine it with blackness. So we would, you know, talk about the yamas, but we would talk about community within it because the space isn't just um, about spirituality. It is also about blackness. Mm-hmm. Got it. Mm-hmm. And then comedic yoga? We had comedic yoga. Um, I don't know if we're going to continue to have comedic yoga or if we're going to bring it back. I personally... Has, I've incorporated comedic yoga because I respect it so much because it's an African practice, but I don't practice comedic yoga. I practice hatha, asanga, and vinyasa. 
Um, and so I incorporated it because I knew that it was such a necessary practice to bring to a black women yoga retreat. But I don't know if I'm going to continue to have comedic yoga, honestly. And how does it differ from the Eastern yoga? Comedic yoga, from what I've seen and been around and, and had, is that it's just a more slow-paced yoga and there, it's very beautiful because they pray to the deities. It's all about African spirituality, but it's just, it's not a practice that I've been too familiar with because you have to be able to have that around you. I live in Costa Rica and there's no comedic yoga studios or people here doing uh, comedic yoga. And also when you go to most yoga studios, you can't really find comedic yoga. It's, a, it's like a rare treat if you can find it in whatever city you're in. Yeah, it's big in Atlanta. I just haven't had the experience yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I see you have Bhakti. A lot of people love it, work. though. Mm-hmm. You also have Bhakti workshops? Yeah, that's one of my retreat team members. Her name is Kayla Butler. She is, that's her workshop. And it's a Bhakti workshop. It's all about devotion. Um, basically, devotion to God and to spirituality is a really beautiful workshop that she does. Mm-hmm. And so I see you cater to women who are on their moon cycle as well so that they can still participate and not have a difficult time. Yeah, um, the moon cycle workshop is a pre- per- it's a workshop for people that want to practice when they have their moon cycle, which is your period. Um, some people, like myself, I don't practice on my moon cycle because I just it just doesn't work for me. But some people do. So the moon cycle allows you to practice a more gentle practice, but it also helps you with your cramps and stuff. So I would take it then there are certain yoga positions that help with cramps more than others, such as? It would help you, yeah, because with yoga, every twist, you're you're moving a different body part. So it allows you with the asanas. One of my teachers, uh, my retreat team members, uh, created that workshop. And each asana basically helps you relieve pain and just to connect back with your breath while you're on your period. So there there's specific asanas that are done in the series, that's what I'm asking, and, and which asanas yeah. are those? Yeah. So she does done salutations, and then it's her own. Um, basically, in order to get that series, you would have to go to the retreat, because this is specifically for the retreat. We purposely don't put our sequences online, because it's just kind of a sacred thing. Okay, cool. So would you bless us with uh, an example of an exercise that you use during the retreat? Oh, yeah, we do so many different exercises. We do an exercise by the river. It's an inner journey circle where the women, they talk about, you know, they bring up things from their childhood and then they explore it, and it's called an inner journey circle. We have a lot of activities like that. We have sacred circles. We have um, ceremonies. We have rituals, bonfires, um, and then in between that, we do a lot of journaling. We do a lot of meditation. We have a workshop where we basically, because a lot of people love the idea of meditating but have never meditated or don't know where to start, so we give them workshops and we teach them about meditating and things like that. 
kill is this uh you know I think a lot of people are under the impression that meditation is more of a thing that's in your head mind versus something that you're where you're integrating your heart space uh, mhm so I think that meditation that? can be whatever you want it to be. I think meditation can be you sitting in peace quietly. It could be you sitting in lotus really, really with your eyes closed, meditating. Meditating, I think, is any time you are at complete peace, that's when you're meditating. Yeah. And, again, it's something that people, a lot of people don't realize the need for because we, we sometimes don't realize all of the things that we're carrying and by mm-hmm. recognizing how we're feeling, what's in our heart, and simply being in that space to allow it, to embrace it lovingly, no matter what's popping mm-hmm. up. And we're able to really transform ourselves from that space. Yeah. 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 And, and retreat gives you more time in that practice so that you can open up your mind, body, spirit. And really free your heart. Mhm. Retreats definitely do that. I think that it allows you to just refresh, rejuvenate, and really connect the mind, body, and spirit aspects. Can you give us your contact information and let us know if you have anything, any events that are going on near term, or if someone wants to do a retreat with you, how would they get more information? Well, um, you can contact us on Instagram is where you can find us, or the website, of course, www.womenofcolorhealingretreats.com. And we also have a Facebook page. We are actually going through an expansion right now. So we're expanding, and we're going to be doing, if you join the email list, you'll know about the expansion first. But we're going to be doing a bunch of things to expand. We just put up an announcement about it uh, today. And as far as collaborating, actually, right now, I am unable to collaborate. I have different um, things to fulfill since I'm within the media and I have legal obligations. I'm not really able to collaborate right now. Um, but I think that for as far as if someone wanted to teach yoga in a retreat, that could definitely happen. We have, we're hiring. Um, it's on the website. We are hiring workshop instructors, yoga teachers, and we are looking for an intern. Awesome. And would you tell us more about your program for the Free Kids of Color Yoga and Arts Summer Program? Yeah, the Kids Summer Program is dedicated to kids uh, living in low-income communities. Um, It's basically, uh, they basically come in, they do yoga, and we provide free art classes, but we want to change it to gardening classes to teach them how to create, like, herbs, and things like that as they're in their home. But it's a free program. It's completely free for both the parent and child to come in and just learn more about wellness. I fund the whole entire program myself, but it's free for all of the people that come. And you take donations, don't you? There's no need to. We do take donations. (laughs) Tell people how to donate. definitely take donations. Um, You can donate through the website. Um, and you can donate any amount that you want, but if you donate $150 or more, we send you a big, like a nice self-care box. So thank you for the donation. Okay. Um, 
Yes, Sky and I have been talking about putting together a retreat for Sisters in Spirit. Uh, we shall definitely mm-hmm. look into it further. I'm sure that there would mm-hmm. be several people interested in exploring Costa Rica as well as the yoga experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So any words that you would like to share with the audience? Um, I would just like to say, um, you know, wellness is important to keep making sure that you take care of yourself. Self-care is a very necessary thing that you should be priority no matter what in a situation. If you are not good, you won't be able to take care of your own community. And so another thing, you know, basically following what you want to do. Everybody told me when I went to Costa Rica that it was like ridiculous and it ended up being the best thing that I ever did. So I think that just following your spirit, no matter what people try to tell you. Those are really good points. And you know what I would add? That uh, yoga, there is no yoga body. Any shape, size, tall, short, it's all a yoga body. And the idea is to get to what an asana means to you and, and how it creates that energy that flows through your body and you don't have to look like a poster model of, uh, you know, a perfect headstand or eagle or whatever mm-hmm. it is that pe- the positions that people mm-hmm. fear the most. <laughs> yoga is yeah, all yoga about is for every single, it's, yeah, it's for everybody. It's not for one kind of body type, one kind of gender. It's for it's for everyone, um, and it doesn't matter if you are completely new, if you've been practicing for years. Yoga has nothing. It's not a competition, and it's not a sport. It's a personal journey. So even if you can't do an asana, it doesn't matter. The purpose of yoga is to basically go through this journey until you're able to do it. And, and yoga doesn't have an ending. You keep doing it for the rest of your life. That's what's so beautiful about it and why it's such a spiritual journey is that it's no ending. There's no championship is you doing this to basically take care of yourself. Yeah, there's no competition. That's what I love about yoga. You're not even competing with yourself. You know, some sports or activities, they say, you know, you're not competing with anyone else. You're competing with yourself. There is no competition in yoga. And it it grows Mm -hmm. organically as you practice. You're automatically going to grow. It's a given. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Well, then after people finish with the retreat in their home, what kind of suggestions do you make for them to either, you know, keep that momentum or to continue their yoga practice? When they go home, we basically make sure that they continue their practice. We tell them, you know, you come here, you dedicated this amount of time continue this at home. Don't let it just be a retreat. Make sure that you implement it in your everyday life because that's when you need self-care in our everyday lives, not just in a retreat. Um, And so we make sure they do that. We tell them, we encourage them to continue with the veganism. Like right now we have a group chat and the participants are talking about how they've been eating plant-based. One participant said that she got some new vegan cookbooks. So just, you know, just continuing to encourage them. I know it took me, I was a vegetarian for nine years. And then I became vegan. So vegan is a complete journey, and it's understandable that it may not happen overnight, but it's just about making sure that you make conscious decisions about the food that you put in your body. 
because at the end of the day, it's your body. It's how you're going to walk around and navigate the world. So you want to make sure that you're putting the right things into it. Now, is it creating energy or is it uh, discharging energy? And a lot of times that's how I look at it. And also, it's not to say you can't have the um, banana muffin that I was offered yesterday. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. more about mm-hmm. balance because you you, you, yeah. you you need to be balanced with it. <laughs> with, with life is yeah. meant to be joyful. And and so mm-hmm. part of that enjoyment is food. But we still need to keep in mind that our body is our temple. It's a place where we go for worship. That's what the definition of a temple. And so you give it that respect. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I, I would, as we wrap up, I would, well, Sky, before we start to wrap up, do you have a question or comment? Um, I just like to um, say thank you um, because I think it's really important that while we have these retreats that we also, um, you're in a really bad echo, that we also, you know, concentrate and focus on uh, people of color because often we don't engage. I think now women are starting to get a little bit more into uh, self-preservation and self-cultivation but we do need to focus and look at it from a point of uh, people of color, our communities, and add those um, those uh, seminars and those options to our retreats as well. Um, I go on vacation and come back and feel like I've never really left my home or my office, and then I can go on a retreat and for a couple of days and come back totally renewed. So it is an important um option in our lives and something that we really need to look at. So I just commend you for focusing on it from a point of view of people of color as well. And uh, it's yeah, definitely needed in our communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely needed in our communities to help us um, get to wholeness and to get to wellness and to pass, especially to pass that on to our children. I'll just give you an example. I'm on vacation and um, the other night my um, nieces and nephews, they're from the ages of one to five. And um, my sister had taught them this really loud, um, loud, really loud song. It was a little chant. And so they were, and I told her, I said, you know, that's not a good thing because they're going to remember this and sing it throughout the night. And sure enough, they were singing it all afternoon and at night when they should have been calming down. So I said, okay, let's refocus. And um, I gave them some type of a little uh, calmer song to sing. So they sang the calm song and went back to the loud, rowdy song. And I said, okay, we're going to mm-hmm. meditate. So I brought them around and made them sit in the lotus position, and we did our little hand positions, and we started chanting, um. So they did that for about five or six mm-hmm. minutes, and then I could see their energy shifting and everybody calmed down. And my nephew, he was really into it. He was just doing his own so loud and so clear. And I said, okay, he's meditated before. But you can just see their shift from just, you know, a few minutes of just taking the time and bringing them down. And our children need that. They need to know how to do that on their own, but we need to also make that part of their lifestyle and part of their uh, everyday occurrence so that they know when when they're off balance, that's something that they can retreat to and help bring themselves back to center. So it's really important and um, something that we really need to 
um, incorporate into our everyday living. So I'm happy for the reminder. Yoga has been something I've been thinking about for a while, but I need to get back Mm -hmm. to that. So really excited about it. You know, it's a great point in that retreat doesn't mean you actually have to physically go away. You can do Mm -hmm. um, retreating into self, you know, in your home, in in any place where you can find the quiet and balance and you don't have the total distraction going on. Yeah, you don't have to go away. I think that you can make your bedroom a retreat. You know, you have your Mm -hmm. yoga mat, you make sure that you're making yourself a good meal, you make sure you're sleeping well. You can journal. We can have a retreat anywhere we need to go as long as, like, you set those kind of terms. You can definitely have a retreat in your own bedroom. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And since we are all each unique with individual preferences and, and needs, there's no right type of retreat or one retreat that's going to fit all. So I hope that um, those who have listened today will be more open to giving themselves the gift and the delight of a retreat. And mm-hmm. as we start to finally wind down, if there are any listeners who have a question or a comment, you can hit pound one and that will raise your hand and we'll bring you in to the studio to ask your question. Okay, we have a we have a question. Let's see. I'll call the four the last four numbers of your phone number, four eight zero three. Four eight zero three, you are on the line. Four eight zero three. You're on the air. Okay. Am I am I on the air? You are on the air, sister. Okay, because my my phone number is not four eight zero three. My my the last okay, one is one five two five. Okay, that's what shows up in the studio. You have oh, a question for Satya today? Yeah. Or How are you doing? This is our uh, Mercedes, known as Hi. How are you and Sister Sky? Greetings, oh, well. Mercedes. <laughs> Yes, it was a pleasure listening. Um, I didn't get the total website. Um, I am interested in attending the retreat, but all I heard was www, woman of color, and I didn't hear the rest of the website. Oh, yeah, it's womenofcolorhealingretreats.com. Retreat, I'm writing it down. It is in the show announcement as well, Mercedes, in case you didn't fully catch it. Oh, and yeah. so that's a good opportunity, opportunity, Satya, to give your contact information once again. Mm-hmm. So if you want to check out the retreat, you can check out our website. It's womenofcolorhealingretreats.com, and it's retreats with an S at the end. With an S. Okay. And is mm-hmm. your um, Instagram in the announcement? No, it's not. Yeah, Instagram.com uh, slash Women of Color Healing Retreat. Oh, okay, it's the same name. Very good. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I go to the Dominican Republic a lot, and I mm-hmm. find that I it doesn't feel like a vacation because I do so much. I'm all over the place. I'm visiting different cities, 
And so when I come back to the United States, I am exhausted. <laughs> you need a vacation yeah. from your vacation. <laughs> yes, I always need a vacation from my vacation. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm interested in knowing when is the next retreat. So or we're should fully I just go booked for 2018. We will have wow. an open registration for November, but we're kind of, we're fully booked for June, for July, August, and October. But we'll be opening registration to November. If you join our, I would say join our email list because that's where we, you know, send updates. Or if you check the Facebook, whenever there's a really necessary update, it'll also be in the Facebook or the blog. Okay, so I can get all that information on the website. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. We make sure to put everything on the website, the blog, the Facebook, as much as we can. We try to put a lot of information on it. And you have a newsletter. Yeah, if you join the uh, the email list, you'll get a newsletter maybe about once every two months we send out a newsletter with updates or if I'm doing like a speaking event, it'll say where I'll be at or things like that. Awesome, awesome. You can so sign up for the newsletter online, Satya? I'm sorry, say that again? Can you sign up for the newsletter online? Yeah, you can sign up for it on the website. As soon as you click the main page, it's going to say join our mailing list, and you just click that. Any words of wisdom that you'd like to leave us with, whether it is a uh, quote from yourself or someone else? And before you do that, I want to say thank you to Mercedes for joining Oh, you're so welcome. I've been listening the whole time. I'm using my home phone. I'm not using my cell phone. So I don't usually use my home phone. So when you called out the last four, I'm thinking about my cell phone. (laughs) No, not a problem. Thank you for joining. Well, it was a pleasure. Yeah, I would just say as far as the last words, you know, I think that it's necessary for women of color and for black women to have a safe space for them to practice self-care. I think that um, we need sacred spaces for our community, and whatever you do in your life should always be dedicated to your community because we should stop looking for others to uplift our communities and start to do it ourselves. And that's part of self-care. It's definitely part of self-care and a necessary self-journey. Sky, any comments? That's um, definitely on point. We can't look for other people to uh, uplift, educate, inspire our our community. We have to do that ourselves. And um, Mm -hmm. I have just a uh, quick quote. In order to understand the world, one has to turn away from it on occasion. And I think that kind of sums it up. It's the world, um, anything else that you're trying to understand. Mm-hmm. You have to turn away from it on occasion, and that's what um, kind of sums up retreating, uh, going within, and um, all of these other practices to help us um, inspire ourselves. And that's by mm-hmm. Albert Camus, the author of this quote okay. is Albert Camus. It says, I'm, I actually really like that. In order to say it again? In order to understand the world, one has to turn mm-hmm. away from it on occasion. That's a great quote because that's what I really mm-hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe that also. And in this space, mm-hmm. we move 
from familiar surroundings, circumstances, and routine, our creative self is free to emerge. We think of solutions, Mm -hmm. we forge new directions, and we return home or return outward, moving forward, refreshed, and on a higher trajectory. Thank you, Satya, for joining. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having me. Thank you all for listening, and have a good night. You've been listening to Empowerment Radio.